0: Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. It is September twelfth. I'm James. I'm John. This is David. I'm Joseph. This is Ben. All right, gentlemen. Um, we had a, a Ben. You had a week off. Uh, yeah, with us last week. That's right. Where were you?
1: Uh, well, it was fitting. You guys had the podcast of summer fun, and uh, my wife's family. Uh, we. We get together with her, all of her brothers and her parents, and we spend a week at Lake Powell on the water, and it's uh, a whole lot of fun. I didn't have very good reception out there, so I didn't call in.
0: Well, I'm glad you were able to have a good time up there. Um, thinking back on last week's podcast, it occurred to me that a lot of of what we were doing for fun, you know, the building the forts and and running around the property and and climbing around and on haystacks and, and in barns and whatnot wasn't necessarily the safest of fun activities. And so this week I thought we might talk about some of the close calls that we had um, growing up, some of the things that uh, happened that, well, we got kind of close to that line where ooh, if it had gone any further, this could have been pretty bad. Um and there were a few close calls. I, I remember a couple of them, not necessarily with fondness, but uh, I do remember some things that happened. Um, anybody got a specific uh, close call that they'd like to start off with?
2: Well, I do. I, I remember this isn't—I don't know if it's a close call because everyone was there, but um, we—and this is kind of like the summer fun. We we used to have a lot of fun just swimming in the in the canal ditches. Irrigation is a big thing around there. Um, some of the ditches are pretty wide, and they have checks that the water flows over to keep it moving. And in those checks, there's a cement uh, a cement uh, grounding for about, uh, about 50 yards for the water to flow in. And, and swimming in those is, is, uh, is pretty fun. And, um, we were there. Dad was there. I think most of us were there. And there were a couple other high school students. And I remember, I don't know if I jumped in, fell in, or I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but I was in there and uh, sliding along the cement up to about my neck, because that was the depth of it, and then it just drops off. And as soon as it drops off, and, and the water is going about, uh, it's, it's going pretty fast. There's no way you could swim against it. And it, was, it would have been very difficult to swim to the side. And as it, I was like, I, don't know, I must have been nine years old, nine or ten and as it, as it dropped off the cement edge, I just went under. And uh, one of the high school kids jumped in after me. Uh, thankfully, he was there. And so, I mean, I, I was struggling. And uh, he swam, grabbed me, and uh, dragged me to the shore. That was a, kind of a scary experience. Uh, as I was climbing out, uh, you know, those, some of those canals, are, um, they line them with, Old cement and blocks. And as I was climbing up, I got kind of uh, not stabbed, but gouged by a piece of rebar. So I almost drowned. And as I came out, I got <laughs> by a piece of rebar. It's a dangerous area. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we were doing, but uh, yeah. Besides that, that's the only. That's the most uh, danger I had in those checkpoints.
3: Well, David, <laughs> I, I I was there. I remember that day very well. Um, you, you just didn't. It's not like you just dropped off and then that was it. Uh, you dropped off and disappeared for a long time. You weren't. You weren't on the surface anywhere. Yeah, I just. That's, that's my memory. You sunk. You were down. We could not find you. No one could find you. And I, I remember uh, the the panic on Dad's face there was nothing anybody could do. We didn't know where you were. It was too deep. It, uh, You know, the current was too fast. Um, and the, the look on his face, and that was probably one of the scariest moments, actually, when I think back on one of the scariest moments, I can remember while growing up that day <laughs> when you disappeared at the end of that check. And then all of a sudden you popped up and uh, I don't remember the rebar, part, but, uh, Man, that was spooky. I, I think Dad almost had a heart attack because was helpless. Nothing he yeah. could. He was he was literally pacing, and he had this this fright on his face, you know, up and down the bank, looking for you, you know, to jump in to, to get you. And then uh, I guess somebody else spotted you, and that was that. But it was it took forever.
2: It must have seemed like that because I'm, I'm sure it was only a few seconds that I was actually under. It was more than a
3: few. <laughs> we were surprised you held your breath that long, or, or maybe it, maybe it did feel longer than it was. But
0: that was terrifying. Well, David, when you came out of the water, were you coughing and sputtering, and, and as yeah, if you had? I,
2: I, yeah, I was really struggling. I was just barely keeping. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me because it was so unexpected. Because as you were, as we were, you could slide down the the check because it was just all mossy and, and slick on the cement. And I just didn't expect it to just drop off like that, but it was very deep at the end, I guess. And Mm. I just went under, and the water just kept pushing me down, I guess.
0: Wow. Pretty Mm. dangerous.
2: And I was just too, you know, if if I had been a couple feet taller, that wouldn't have happened. Whoever was on the bridge, the high school students, the, the older kids that were there, I think there were two older kids there that one of them reacted Really quick, dived in. Must have dived in right after me when he saw me go under.
0: Now the water wasn't necessarily that clear either. No. So it wasn't. It wasn't as if you could look in the water and see somebody. The water was all muddy and irrigation. You know, grayish brown color. Correct.
2: Yeah. It yeah. Came straight from that murky lake, Lake Lowell.
1: Yeah. We spent a lot of time in those checks. I I remember the boogie boards that would be tied to the uh the structural steel, yeah, and uh you, you guys would ride those. I don't think I was ever old enough to ride them, but uh those were a lot of fun, but man, they're dangerous, just what David described dangerous, and especially if you're wearing an eighty pair eighty dollar pair of sunglasses,
3: yeah, whatever, man <laughs> <laughs> you especially
1: especially the cool ones. You know, like, <laughs> Like a, you, know you know how much
3: you know how much corn I had to pick to buy those Ray-Bans then? Oh. And they, they fell off my face, and, yeah, you were there. You were probably more panicked than I was watching me panicking, trying to find them in that current. That was, that was not – I guess it left an impression on you.
1: <laughs> I got to be honest, John. It cured me forever wanting to own expensive sunglasses. <laughs> to this day – if I'm if I'm over five ninety nine at the Seven Eleven, I think back. I'm like, you know, I could be just like John and lose <laughs> some <laughs> pair of sunglasses in some ditch somewhere. Why spend the money? <laughs> and that rule of thumb has served me well because I I pretty much lose every pair I ever buy within three or four months. Yeah, yes. but I I remember them sliding off your face and you were on your hands and knees forever.
3: Yeah. You did yeah, not. I, I could not quit. I would not give up. But
2: I helped you look for those, John. I felt really bad for you cuz I knew those were expensive glasses and that was that was at the Canal Check on Homedale, right? Yeah, yeah, that was one Road. Yeah. 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 That was a
3: shallow
2: <laughs> one.
3: Never found them. You know, I I went back when the uh when the irrigation stopped in the fall and I looked for them again. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you yeah, didn't know that chance. part of it did you
1: no there's a good chance though
3: <laughs> <laughs> i walked down in the canal bed and i was turning over rocks and everything i was determined still to find those ray-bans but, uh, wow yeah you know that the the topic of close calls james
1: bring, brings to mind the the time when i was four years old and i cut my face open yeah yeah at a very young age, I don't remember a whole lot, but I, I can give you a, you know, kind of a play-by-play of what I do remember. Uh, of course, we had goats, and we would graze them in a in a portable fence, if you will. It was an oval shape, or it could take on any shape because it was flexible. And I think the fence material is what you call pig, pig wire, pig fence. And um, Dad had warned me and warned all of us, not to feed the goats from the outside of the fence because they had that tendency to to jump up on the fence and it would it would bow out and being four years old I'm sure I was I was really entertained by these goats all fighting over a weed and uh, I I think I picked a handful of weeds or alfalfa and I just held it up and I was probably giggling and I uh, I remember to this day the look of all these goats over my head. And then all of a sudden the fence fell over and it caught me in the face. And that's when it, it, uh, it caught me right at the corner of your eye towards the nose. And then it, it, cut clear down into my cheek and had a little tiny barb at the end. And I just, I remember I fell back. I fell back and I stood up just in time to have a hoof kick me in the face and I just got trampled because the goats ran out. Right. And you know what? After that, I don't remember a thing until I saw lights. Uh, like, I uh, mean, in the emergency room, I saw lights, not nothing like end of the tunnel lights. It wasn't that serious. But I saw, you know, the operation lights getting maneuvered into, into place. That was it. Next time I woke up, uh, bandages on my head. And you guys, I think you remember more of the trauma than I do.
0: Well, what I remember from that incident, um, <clears throat> first of all, the the wire on that pen, that that movable portable pen, it's not sharp wire. Uh, I mean, it's 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 very very dull uh, wire. So for it to have cut into your face, and and it wouldn't have been a cut. This would have been a rip. Yeah, it was a rip. Yeah. It was a tear. I don't recall who found you or discovered that this had happened to you. Uh,
1: I'm told it was was David.
0: Okay. So that was David. All I know is that there was this, this panicked announcement that Ben had been hurt. Um, I believe I was inside or I was close to the door and, you know, I came in, mom was taking a shower, and so I yelled through the bathroom door or something to that effect that Ben had been hurt, not knowing exactly what had happened. Uh, That's one flash that I have in my mind during during that period. The next flash I have in my mind is that we're in the car. Now, who else went along for that car ride? I was there. Okay, so John was there, I was there. Ben was there and dad was driving i was sitting in the passenger seat ben you were sitting in the middle between dad and myself and i had this uh th- this this not bandage but a, a compress pad that was placed over your cheek and your eye and dad was focused on driving the car but he kept asking me how, you know, how is it? How does it look? And so I would pull the compress away. And at this time, you weren't really bleeding all that much. Uh, But I could see very clearly that it was very deep. um, And, you know, it didn't really affect me too much. But I could kind of take a look at it when I would pull the compress away, I could see inside, I could see a little bit of bone there. And, and so I figured, well, I'll just tell dad that, what I see. That was a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, well, it looks like it's ripped open. I can see a little bit of his cheekbone. Uh, didn't get the eye or anything. And that's when I, <laughs> that's when the car started swerving yeah. and weaving. And, and I look over and dad is just doing everything he can, everything he can to hold on because uh, he's starting to lose consciousness. Um. This was the first time I had ever seen, the first time I had ever understood that that Dad fainted at the sight of blood.
1: It's a good thing none of us got that, right, John? (laughs) man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's two of them I had to lob your direction today.
3: Good. It was good. I was sitting down, James. I remember (laughs) we peeled that back. I remember seeing the bone, and I remember you saying that, and I thought – the hell's wrong with this guy he just said that so matter of factly I'm about ready to puke <laughs> and dad's swerving all over the road <laughs> and, then, and then in the middle of all that I'm feeling nauseous and I'm lightheaded myself and then it occurs to me you know every time we would say dad why don't you speed up a little bit you know outside of this situation you always drove so slow and just say well then I got it when I need it because he was barreling down that road, he was flying. You know.
0: Yeah, he never drew, he never drove faster than when we went to the hospital that day. Yeah.
1: Stay alive. Stay alive. Fifty five.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was booking it, but he regained he regained control of himself and and straightened the car out, and everything was good. But I could. T- I mean, his whole skin turned gray. He was. Mm. He was just not in good shape, and from that point on, I just kept my hand on the you know on the compress on his on on Ben's face yeah at the hospital yeah. uh I just remember they rushed Ben in and we didn't see him until he came out again with the bandages on mm. yeah I remember that also uh you know telling mom through the bathroom door that something had happened and and the the she immediately I think she could tell from the tone of our voices that this wasn't just, you know, he fell down and scraped his elbow or something, that this was serious. And she immediately came out. She had this totally panicked look on her face. And I, you know, I'm, I, I think back on it now and it must have been just horrible for her uh, to be wondering how are things, you know, mm-hmm. and and what what's the extent of the injury and all that. Uh, waiting for word to come back because, you know, we have cell phones. We didn't have any any immediate means of of communicating back to the house other than after the fact from a hospital phone or a pay phone.
4: Mrs. Waterman came to our house, because I I stayed home with Mom. Mrs. Waterman came, helped us put the goats away, and then drove us to the hospital.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay, okay. uh,
4: We got there there just as they were going to start working on Ben, and I remember them putting him out. He putting them under, and uh, the doctor told him, or the nurse said, all right, Ben, tell Mom, you're going to be okay. And I remember Ben going, I'm going to be okay, and then that was it. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> you know, weird things that you remember. I remember they couldn't get the button undone on his pants because they were oh. so tight. He was wearing my pants.
1: Uh, I, I had already started my uh <laughs> my, my waistline expansion program. <laughs> yeah. Uh Yeah, I didn't it, we didn't get those pants back. They had to cut them off of me.
4: Yeah, they I mean they were tight on me. And uh <laughs> and it was just uh I, I Well, think you remember.
1: Wow. Well, so, that, that certain that certainly was a close call because um, it the cut the cut extended just to the corner of my eye. I mean, it it, uh, it it started there, and you know, thank goodness I was at a young age where your skin has more uh, resiliency. And uh, to this day, the only time that scar is really visible, I think maybe I just don't notice it anymore. But the only time it's really visible is when I'm uh running or or my blood pressure is up, and I have a lot of uh you know a lot of physical activity, so I don't really see it very often anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but I't know what's there
2: the rough looking scar for a while though yeah I've,
1: yeah, it was it was and it just kind of it kind of faded faded in it was all right yeah yeah mm. i't don't,
2: I don't see it anymore
1: <laughs> it, more than the pain more than anything, I just remember how mad I was. Getting kicked in the head by those stupid goats. I didn't even know. I didn't even know my head had been cut open. I just remember sitting up, and then the goat kicked me in the head,
4: and slapped me back down. Yeah. The force of the fence hitting you knocked you back about five feet through the air. Really? Yeah, because you were laying about. I mean, because the other side of the fence flipped over, hit you in the face and knocked you clear. Because you were you weren't even close to where
3: the fence was you don't you don't really get cut though man you keep getting torn open um you remember that uh the fence that you ran into
1: oh was a klutz it was terrible that was a that was a bad deal that was uh
3: no it wasn't a bad deal for you it was a bad deal for me
1: oh, this is all Again. about you i forgot <laughs> it was not about you man.
0: yes
3: yes you were gashed open you had to get the bone with Oh, no, hanging out. Uh, this,
0: this, wait, wait, wait. Uh, start, start from the beginning so that we get the whole picture.
1: I was riding my bike downtown Caldwell with a good buddy of mine, Mark, and I just completely misjudged a sidewalk edge, and my front tire fell off the sidewalk, and I knew I was going to go down, so I reached to my right out of my periphery to grab the fence. Well, I had reached too high, and the bike went down, and my arm... Got hung up on the top of the fence, and it just ripped my arm wide open. Um, and the thirty-six stitches later, they put me back together. And I, I believe I was in the seventh grade, because no, maybe sixth grade, because I was playing, um, I was playing little league football, and I begged and begged and begged to play, even with the stitches. And so they wrapped my arm up really well. And uh, there were a couple hits where I tore stitches. I just wouldn't tell anybody. Not that I'm tough. I just loved that. And I didn't have to sit out. But the the thing that John's talking about is getting to the hospital. And, uh, of course, uh, Mark's mom did such a good job getting me there. She's such a nice lady. And she felt so bad and and panicked about the whole thing. But she got a hold of someone. And I think John was the first to come. And I was – I was pretty well calm. It didn't hurt really bad. There wasn't a whole lot of blood, but the skin had retracted, and uh, uh, let's just say it was a huge hole in my arm.
0: Wait, the skin retracted, or you expanded? (laughs)
1: I'm done with the expansion, by (laughs) the way. So the skin, yeah, the skin had just retracted and folded underneath, Uh and so it looked like there was just a big gaping hole about the size of a softball um, just to the on the, uh, the bottom side of my elbow and John was sitting in there and I think your pants were pegged because I remember I couldn't see a whole lot <laughs> other than your awesome, awesome stonewashed pegged pants and uh, you were leaning up, <laughs> up against the sink and the doctor came in to address to, to dress the, the, the cut and clean it out. And out of the corner of my eye, I see John just melt like he was a snake. He just, he just melted, but it wasn't any – it wasn't like he just melted onto the floor. He had to be standing next to the sink. And so as he melted back, his head hit the water faucet and turned the water on, and then he fell to the ground. And so – so then you've got this you got this kid on the gurney getting stitched up and then his older brother's in it, a pile on the floor <laughs> He's just slobbering on himself, the water's running, I'm panicked. What happened to him, you know? And so the nurse the nurses came in and I I remember this, they asked if you needed a wheelchair and you said, No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they insisted. They made you get in the wheelchair. You, John, you were so defeated at that after that. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I was I was very defeated. But you know, it was probably a good thing they insisted that I sit down and roll out of that <laughs> hospital because I was still so lightheaded, but I I could not believe what had happened. Um I was standing there and the same feeling, the nausea just overwhelmed me and that was it. I'm looking at that big hole in your arm and the nausea came up and I should have learned from before, dude, you need to sit down or lay down. And nope, that was it. All the next thing I remember is this looking up at this nurse and knowing as soon as I opened my eyes, knowing what had happened, and I was just <laughs> I was mortified. And and I remember you just still laying there, you were panicked. John, do yeah, you I, I don't know. know what the
1: heck happened to you. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on with him? <laughs> you yeah. don't need more um, stitches right
3: now. Right. The big brother comes down to help out little brother Ben. And I'm the one that goes out of the place in the wheelchair. I think
1: you go out in the wheelchair and I'm pushing you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing I think they made you leave because I will never forget the noise this – the thread on the stitches made as it went through my skin. It was a very, man, that graded on me that, that really stuck with me. That, that high pitched squeak as it, as they would stitch me up. And that wow. was, yeah, that was 36 stitches. And, uh, it's not a pretty scar. I mean, it's, it's pretty ugly. It doesn't look good. And it, it's a conversation piece. A lot of people ask what happened. And I always tell them the same thing. It was a venomous snake. I mean, <laughs> I had to, had to dress it in the field and take care of it. But, you know, through it all, though, we never got any broken bones that I remember. I have never broken a bone. I attribute that to drinking goat's milk just as a wives' tale. But um, I don't remember any serious injuries around there. Joseph, you broke your wrist in a batting cage.
4: It was um, was, uh, one of my finger bones. Oh, okay. Um, A ring finger on my right hand, and it's the bone... Inside your hand, uh, like a metacarpal or metatarsal, whatever. Anyways, yeah, I was in a batting cage, and I stepped in too far, and the ball smashed my knuckle and just busted the bone that's inside your hand and uh, had to get a reset.
0: How old were you when this happened?
4: I was in Salt Lake at the 48th Street Gallery. I think that's what it was called back then. I don't know what it's called now, 49th Street or something. You uh, know, it was an orchestra trip of all things. We, were, we had some free time, so we went there and stupid because I don't play baseball. I just broke a bone.
3: Hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it is amazing. It is amazing, though, that we didn't get hurt worse, uh, yeah. given the, the environment that we grew up in. You know, it's uh,
4: our whole lives were close calls. Like jumping yeah. off the balcony onto the trampoline, you know i mean just crazy stuff
0: now if i remember correctly the first the first close call that that i can remember the, the the first memory i have of anything going wrong to the point where okay this is serious was when we were not living in in uh, on the property out in the out in the countryside <clears throat> we had not yet moved out there and at this point uh, I don't even think that, um, David, well, maybe David had been born. <clears throat> I think he had, but I was very, very young. John, you were really, uh, I think you were probably only what, four years old at the time at the most, three or four years old. I had gotten on my tricycle and I had, uh, with a friend taken off, you had gotten on your tricycle and were following us, and of course, I'm not interested in you being around when I'm playing with my friends, and so I kind of disregarded the fact that you had followed us. Um, I came home, but you did not.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that. That's my end of the story. Now, <laughs> of course, Mom is asking the question. Well where's John? He left (laughs) with you (laughs) and I don't have an answer. I've got no answer. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where he is. Uh, Next thing I remember is the police coming to the house and they had you. Now, do you remember what happened?
3: Yeah, that's funny. Um, That's one of my earliest memories I have. I mean, an actual memory and that memory is looking up, through this black tunnel into a, uh, a white um, bright circle and these, these faces looking down at me and I was in a manhole. (laughs) No (laughs) way. I was in a manhole out in the middle of the street. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. You gotta be kidding me. No. And that's, that's one of my very first memories, actual memories. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean to laugh. This is hilarious.
3: <laughs> I don't drink one tricycle
2: into a
0: manhole. <laughs> you, see you see know? the
3: hole, John? <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair, he couldn't have been more than, like I said, three or four years old. Yeah. Okay.
1: What, what, the manhole was wide open in the middle of the street.
0: Right. So there's an open manhole. Okay. Is it? To think about all the things that had to come together for this to happen. First of all, he has to follow me on his tricycle. Secondly, I have to be obtuse enough to disregard the fact that a three-year-old is following me on a tricycle. Third of all, somebody has to have left a manhole open on a public street. And fourth... He has to drive into it.
1: <laughs> the third point, James. Do you know how hard those are to get off? Those yeah. are heavy, difficult things to move. Much less they can go up to eight to ten feet, depending on the invert for the, the utility
3: that's down oh, there. yeah,
0: killed it. That's Here's why. I, that's why I say this was. You know, this was the first close call I can I can recall. Holy cow, John, you could have been. Killed. It was.
3: You know, Ben, it was deep. I remember the perspective, you know, the, based on how, you know, the size of that circle of light up above. Um, I was down deep. <laughs> they couldn't reach in and grab me, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> did, you still, did you still have your tricycle with you? I don't know. That's the only thing I remember. Uh, mom does not tell the story uh a tricycle didn't
2: make it home it's in a manhole so <laughs> wow yeah
3: i think she got chewed out by the cops when they brought me home but uh probably didn't go over too well <laughs> yeah
2: i have another manhole story i don't know if you've heard this one from mom does anyone remember this when mom fell into a manhole? No.
4: What
2: is going on with this stuff? I don't remember this because I think I was, uh, but I was involved. This was at church, at the old church in Caldwell next to the, I think that old abandoned junior high.
0: Right, right, right.
2: Everett Street. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I guess some kids had removed the manhole and mom was walking across the street and she's, I think she was carrying me. I think the story is she was carrying me. That's why she told me this. But
4: she's carrying it, She's not
2: looking down at the street. She doesn't see it. And all she, she says, all she remembers is she just fell. She, she fell into a manhole. And I i guess I went rolling, you know. She, she let go of me, and I just went rolling into the street. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess there wasn't too... Deep of a manhole because she remembers looking up at the church and she she saw some kids <laughs> watching.
0: Oh. So per- apparently
2: okay. some kids in the church had uh, removed the manhole and were were uh, waiting to uh, I guess booby trap. See someone. what and would happen? Oh, that's horrible. Mom went and chewed those kids out.
0: So you went rolling into the street?
2: Yeah, I guess. Wow. I <clears throat> and I just went rolling around.
0: Wow, that's, yeah. what a horrible well, thing okay. to do. To create a hole or or some kind of a trap where someone just walking along isn't expecting it and goes flying into the hole. What a horrible thing to do. He was yeah. running. He was running. <laughs> <laughs> I refer all listeners back to episode number two, The Root we, Seller. <laughs> we, we were
3: in the hole to help out. If anything, <laughs> if
0: anything went wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, David... Um okay so that was a close call that you don't even remember because you were too young. No I don't but mom told me that story and
2: <laughs> it's a really good story. Mm. Picture the way she tells it it's very vivid. It seems like a memory I should have but
0: Well you uh, you may have been a a pretty young baby. Yeah. Um do you remember putting your hand to the glass window?
2: Yeah that's that is one of my earliest memories. I remember I remember that pretty well. You guys were involved because we were throwing rocks at windows. <laughs> old windows.
0: Okay, yeah. Please, let's, let's again, set the table so that people don't think we were miscreants running around throwing rocks through windows. These were old windows that had been removed from some old building somewhere, and they were up leaning against the side of some building or leaning up against the side of a, the trailer or something. But they were not a part of a building. They were just these old busted up windows.
2: Right.
0: <clears throat> and we were yes, we were entertaining ourselves by standing at a distance and throwing rocks to see how <laughs> how much of the glass we could shatter.
2: Yeah, and they must not have been very big rocks or we couldn't throw them very well, but we were just I don't maybe we were just being really careful. You know, maybe if we only crack the windows that's okay. I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> but uh, I remember one window was just cracked really badly and I don't know why and I don't know why you didn't stop me but I put, I, I thought well I'll just finish it by putting my hand through it I'll, I'll see how, how, uh, how hard it is to break it now and I put my arm through it and uh, I pulled my arm back and it was it had just gashed open I had a big gash in my arm my left now, hand.
0: Now to be fair hand. it's not that we didn't try to stop you it's that we were standing back at the the point where we were throwing rocks if I remember correctly you walked up the next thing we know <laughs> you're, you're holding your arm <laughs> bleeding all over the place yeah we didn't know you couldn't were couldn't believe it, 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 through didn't, it? I, I didn't feel anything
2: I, it didn't feel like I'd, I'd done mm-hmm. anything but it was a pretty deep cut right and deep uh, cut
0: in the wrist
2: Um, It was pretty gnarly, because I remember the the skin being peeled back, and I saw, you know,
0: it was red, and there was white. Um, It was was weird. John, John, you still with us? Yeah, I'm sitting down. Okay. (laughs) It got quiet over there for a second. Uh Uh-oh. I'm starting to worry that half of our listenership is going to be. <laughs> at some at some gym somewhere, working out, listening to the podcast. Next thing they know, hey, some guy just capsized on the treadmill.
3: <laughs> so I, yeah, I I never handled it well. I didn't handle that well either, David. I remember the blood, and I I remember seeing the tissue. You know, it's not just a cut. It's that was a cut slash tear, also. Yeah, it did more than just cut. And uh, I I was never good at it. Uh, it reminds me of um. Uh, when I used to mow uh, Miss uh, Yusuda's lawn. And I was just a little kid, and uh, I mowed her lawn each week. She had one of those mowers. We used her mower. It wasn't ours. And, and uh, it had one of those battery starts, which are just awful. And I was lucky to get it started. And once it was started, you don't dare shut it down. And that included when the bag got filled and you're emptying the bag. And, well, you know, when the bag gets full, you've got to clear out the chute. And I'm clearing out the chute with the blade running, and I put my hand down into the blade. And luckily, I mean I have all my fingers, luckily it just chopped the end of my finger off. Not the bone. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bone. But a good chunk of flesh. It's amazing that it grew back the way it did. Um <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: I have never heard this in my life.
3: Well yeah, I was I was insistent on not shutting that engine down. It was so hard to start up every time. And I was warned over and over, don't do that. You gotta shut it down. You can't stick your hand in there. I didn't care. And <laughs> I figured I, I figured I could judge where the blade was because I had to empty the chute out.
1: Because you can see it when it's going that fast. You totally <laughs> know what <it> is.
3: Sure. <laughs> I yanked my hand out and I, I, I looked down and I just couldn't believe. I just could not believe. Believe that that much of my finger was missing. (laughs) You know, it was fingernail gone too. And and I'm I'm, oh, this is not good. (laughs) And I walk around to the back door and knock on the door. see that comes to the door and look on her face. You know, just terror. I walk in and she starts to bandage me. And then I see the stars. I I see the stars and. She looked at my face and she grabbed me by my shoulders and she scooted me over, you know, swiveled my body over and pushed me down on a chair. <laughs> she, she must have seen my eyes roll in the back of my head or something, you know. Uh, but and I, So I didn't completely faint. I just kind of sat there and, and saw stars for a long period of time. And then she bandaged me up and I went back out and finished mowing the lawn and went home. <laughs> that was that. So that wow. that was lucky that it was just flesh, you know, no bone. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's an important lesson not to stick any appendage of your body near any moving equipment. Yeah, that's that's uh, something I wish I had learned before working with the corns because do, do you guys remember how we would yeah. get the hay bales up high? It was with that grain elevator with the yeah. paddle wheels. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I was doing. It was stupid, but I had bought a new pair of football cleats, and I was wearing those to get them broken in before the season started. And there must have been a, a, a break where I had some time, and I was just uh, milling around up there waiting for the next load, and I kicked the paddle wheel to get the the um, the hay off my shoe, and it snagged a shoelace and took my foot down on the return side where it funnels and um, smashed my foot, and I was able to pull it back out, but not before it had really smashed my foot hard. And I remember Kenny, the uh, one of the owners of the farm, was down below, and he heard the tractor, because this thing was run off of a um, power takeoff, a PTO from the tractor. He heard the tractor lurch. And he looks up, and I'm standing there, and I give give him the okay sign, like everything's fine, and I just keep working, and um, I wiggled my toes together, and they were really sweaty, I thought, just a little sweaty, and I thought, you know, I need to look at this, and I took my football cleat off, and I had crimson blood up to my ankle, and uh, I had... I had to crawl down that uh, elevator because that was the ladder to get up and get down. So he turned it off. I crawled down and he saw my foot all bloody, and we pulled the sock the rest of the way off. And my big toe had the the front of my big toe had been sheared off, Mm. and the toenail had been popped off, except for a little bit on the side. And I think he was just trying to teach me a lesson. He said, "Okay, you you need to go home, but let me get this disinfected before you leave." And he (laughs) grabs this old dusty glass 1930s bottle of iodine <laughs> and he just dumps it on my foot and it sent me to the moon just screaming and i think he took great pleasure in that because <laughs> you know i i had i had to explain how it happened and he said well get go home get changed and get back here on monday this was a friday and uh You know, I I drove home, showed it to dad, and dad said, Well, let's go see Dr. Waterman. And (laughs) I got to his office, long story short, he finished the toenail off for me. He he said, Well, I'm going to have to yank this off. And Mm. he said, Get ready, because I'm going to count to three. He didn't even make it past one and a half and had that thing yanked off with whatever flesh that was still on it.
4: Yeah.
1: And just bandaged me up. I couldn't wear a shoe for weeks. But, I went to work the next Monday and bled every day. It just never healed right all through the football season never healed but, uh, i that is a stupid thing to do if anybody's listening out there that is anywhere near moving equipment, stay away. You will lose an appendage it, <laughs> yeah. you, you'll just it 'll not be there before you know it it 's gone
0: oh, I know the I, I think <clears throat> the the greatest terror that I ever felt uh, when it came to you when it came to you guys was that one day <clears throat> we were riding bikes and um, I don't know who all uh, of us were out there I do remember that I and John and David Joseph I don't know if you were there I don't know if Ben was there but uh, we're riding our bikes on Lonky Lane we're on one side of the road and I looked over my shoulder to see if there was any traffic coming before switching to the other side of the road for whatever reason. And in the distance, I can see this van coming, but it's far enough away that, okay, poses no danger whatsoever. And so I switched to the other side of the road and I look over my shoulder again and John, you had followed me and you had switched to the other side of the road, but David was still on the original side of the road and was not switching over. And I figured, well, he's going to wait for the van to drive by before he switches to the other side of the road. So I look back to the front, and the next thing I hear is squealing tires and this this horrendous sound of metal scraping on metal and, and scraping on asphalt. And I whip my head around, and there's that van. It's now sideways in the middle of the road. And there's David's bike in this crumpled heap underneath this van. Yeah. And there's David. And I just remember panic, the sheer panic. I'm I'm frozen. and, And, you know, I can't believe that this has just happened. Clearly, he's tried to cross the road, and he did it right in front of the van. I feel so bad for the driver of the van now but back then I'm just thinking David 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 and mm. then David crawls out from under the van stands up looks around my he looks, he my looks, that's right he looks down at his bike
3: my bike
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man <sighs> I remember that pretty well yeah that, that was that, bad. that was bizarre that was bizarre because the I, I don't remember hearing anything behind me, nothing, until the van is right next to me. The side of the van was right next to me. And mm-hmm. I put my hand up, and I think I grabbed, I don't know if I had grabbed it or I tried to grab it. I tried to grab the handle of the side door, and I just followed that. And uh, it, the, the van didn't touch me. I didn't get touched. And it, there's, the van ended up on the... And, into the you know the the side of the road. There's a lot of dust and uh, and the, the when it, when it, everything was stopped, the van stopped, the side of the door opened, and there were a bunch of kids inside with these, this shocked look on their faces. And I was looking up at them, and they were looking at me, and and uh, the woman driving the van looked back, and I could see this. I think it was relief. It was just yeah. a surprise and relief on her face to see me standing there. Yeah. And uh, I, I think my bike was okay, too. I, don't I do remember okay. that, Touchy. yeah,
0: I do remember that we all got back on our bikes and continued our drive. Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that, was, that close.
2: was a very, very close call.
0: That was a close call.
3: I, I think we went and made them a casserole or something and brought it to their house.
2: It, it, it was a casserole. Cake.
3: Cake. There you go.
2: Yeah. That's going to say a casserole. That's a good way to thank somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a chocolate cake, and Dad Dad uh, drew a, a picture of a bike in it in the frosting. Oh, yeah. Her with her. She, was a, she was a neighbor. She uh, lived about a mile and a half up the road from us. Wow. I never, yeah, I, I never met her.
3: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a neighbor out there a mile and a half away
2: yeah that's true it was a It was a brown and tan van big van i
3: have I have a close call, but it's it was scary, but it didn't involve any of of us It wasn't any harm to you, but it was it was a goat and I know we'll get to goats in another one but this this was a close call um that i almost well I thought I was a cowboy and I was insistent that I was going to learn how to use a, a lasso. And, uh, I was working on this loop knot, you know, the loop knot at the, that, that holds the lasso and makes it work. And I couldn't get the loop knot to not slip down on itself, but I'm, I'm trying it out. I'm sitting up on the corral fence and I'm, uh, I'm practicing with the goats and I get one. I'm not using the correct rope either. I'm using bailing twine, mm. uh, And I get one. I was pretty excited about it, and I jumped down off the fence, and I pulled back on the goat's neck, you know, like you see in the rodeo and such. Um, You know, I didn't didn't yank him hard or anything. I just pulled it tight, and and then I walked over to the goat feeling pretty proud of myself, and I went to loosen up the the lasso to to go back at it and try it again, and I couldn't loosen it. And the goat pulled away from me, and I had the, the twine in my hand, and it tightened up even more. And now you couldn't see the twine anymore around the goat's neck. It was, you know, digging in. The goat started making this gasping noise. And then I know I'm in trouble. I go down. I try to dig around for the the bailing twine, put my fingers around it. I could not get my fingers around the twine to loosen it up. And that was that. I could not loosen it, and the goat wasn't breathing anymore. It was just, it's just awful. Yeah. He was making this awful gurgling noise standing there. And so I'm I'm struggling and I'm panicking. Yeah, I you know, I don't know what to do. I'm out there in the middle of the corral, the goat's choking, and I'm trying to get my fingers around it. I'm looking around me, you know, I'm standing next to the goat, the goat's standing there, and all of a sudden its entire body falls down against my body and collapses into the into the ground. Jerky. <laughs> Jerky. <laughs> I was that, that was scary. That was a close call and, and I had no choice. I didn't want to leave the goat. I didn't have another solution. And I, I think I said it out loud, don't die. And I jumped out of the corral, ran into the house and grabbed a knife, ran across the property, back into the corral with this big butcher knife and carefully, <laughs> carefully found my way. By then, by the time I got back, the goat was like not moving. All this foam was hanging out of its mouth. Oh. <laughs> the thing was like dead, <laughs> and so I'm carefully getting the knife under the twine, you know, and I and I I cut it, and it, the twine literally like twangs away from the goat's neck, and and uh, that was that, and he he or she I don't remember which
0: it was. It would have been a bitching. she.
3: She yeah she <laughs> started breathing again and laid there for a while and um. I sat there next to it, and after a while, she got back up and, and went back to the manger and started eating like nothing happened. Oh my gosh. That was scary. And I, I was scared for the goat initially, and then I was scared about what was going to happen when dad got home. Oh. Just killed a goat. Singing <laughs> oh. cowboy. I just killed one of our goats. Uh, wow. That was I. I felt so lucky at the end of that. I felt so lucky, man. But anyway, that was a
0: close call for me. <laughs> uh gentlemen. On that note, we have. I, I can't. I can't tell you how far over time we have gone. This is. This is going to be a long podcast, but it has definitely been worth it. Um, on that note, I think we're going to have to call it an evening. Um, <clears throat> clearly, as with many of the podcasts, there is. So much more that we could bring up. I'm, I'm still thinking about a whole bunch of things that I could bring up, and I'm realizing that uh, it's lucky we're still around. Yep. <laughs> considering, we considering, considering everything that could have gone wrong, uh, I think that uh, all things, all things being equal, we took Murphy's Law and we told it to go where the sun don't shine.
1: You know that. That <laughs> being said, James, we experienced. Enough to know how you can really hurt yourself, and it has made me a very paranoid father. And uh, <laughs> I look around our property; I see everything that I would have done at that age, and I am, I'm just, I'm just grateful my kids aren't that curious yet. And I, I hope for the best if they, if they decide to get, uh, get stupid mm-hmm. like we were
4: yeah you
2: feel like no kid could be as lucky as I was, yeah, so you know they've got to be more careful, but yeah it's kind of a kind of a dangerous environment. We just learn to be careful, learn to recognize dangerous situations and dangerous things <laughs> i mean once you stepped on a nail, you learn how to watch
0: for them yeah. that's that's true, yeah, that first time you see the the pointy end of a nail coming out the top of your shoe. <laughs> that, that first time, you're oh. looking down at it, the pain hasn't quite hit your brain yet. Oh. You just know something's not quite right. You look down, there's that nail. That nail's coming out of the top of my foot. Yeah, we didn't even that's, cover
3: nails. Thanks that's, for it up, James. <laughs> yeah, we
1: didn't even talk about nails I know. and tetanus, tetanus <laughs> and, in, and blood infections. We didn't talk about any of that.
0: Uh, yeah, the first time you do that, Joseph, you're so right. You you learn to to step lightly and watch where you're walking. And I remember uh, after I did that, I was always looking for nails. If I saw a nail poking up somewhere, I'd <clears throat> I'd grab it and throw it away. I'd be like, well, I don't want to step on that later on.
4: It's a Petzinger Sixth Sense.
0: Sixth no Sense. Weather-
4: there's
0: nails in that pile yeah yeah well like I said uh, it's time for us to wrap it up Um, this has been fun I I I I can imagine that our listeners are um, listening to this podcast saying well this was definitely a different flavor (laughs) from the previous podcasts but that's okay That's the way it was. And uh, I think that's where we'll leave it tonight. Good night, everybody.
3: Good night. All All right. right. Good Good night. Good night.